and welcome to the Double Drill Podcast. I'm your host, D.S. Walk. And I want to thank everybody for your support. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to my show. I deeply appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And I'm so grateful. Yesterday was rivalry week. Or should I say yesterday was chaos week in college football. Now, you're probably wondering why I ain't talking about basketball. I will get the basketball talk tomorrow. But today... I got to talk about what happened yesterday in college football because there were so many games last night that went to the wire. We had undefeated team trying to stay undefeated. We had a head coach who won a game, took a job, reneged on a new job. But before we get to all that, I got some news and notes. As this morning, the University of Indiana and the University of Houston have fired their head coaches. And you know what that means. You, If you're a football fan, you know what that was about. It was about we are the big conference. The conference that we're in is expanding. And it is time to start winning some football games. So, what's the best thing to do? We're going to fire a head coach. So the Houston Cougars let go of Dana Hogerson after a 4-8 season, his first season in the Big 12. So the Houston Cougars fired their head coach who only lasted one season. And their first season in the Big 12, he went 4-8, fired. You can't say that the school's not trying to win or the athletic department don't care about winning because they fired their head coach after one season. They didn't get this man an opportunity to develop his recruiting class. They didn't give him a second shot to be the head coach for next season. They got rid of him the first season. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because it's, it's all about the NIL. It's about you in the Big 12. You respected their expectation was to do well, get a bowl game, and they didn't do it. You know, times are different now in college football. You, you no longer get three years or four years to develop your class. You got to have results and results now. I mean, we just see Jimbo Fisher got fired down in Texas A&M. And even though he had a large chunk of money, $77 million on the table, that Texas A&M will pick up the tab and pay him the remainder of that money. They're going to cut that check. It doesn't matter no more. If you're not winning, then you're not trying to win. If you're not winning, you got to go. So that's what happened down there in Houston as they fired their head coach, Tom Allen was fired by University of Indiana after seven years of mediocre football. That's not me saying it. That's basically what they're saying because they weren't happy with mediocre to losing seasons down there in Indiana. And they will buy out the remainder of his contract with this, with this $15.5 million. They are negotiating a buyout on that. And this comes after a 35-31 loss to the Purdue Boilermakers. The Indiana Hoosers dropped to 3-9 this past season. 
again, it's all about winning. I mean, for Tom Allen, he's been there seven years, so he should already know the expectation. I mean, they renovated that stadium. They had expectations of competing in the Big Ten, getting to a bowl game. It just didn't work out. Excuse me, I'm going to correct myself. Tom Allen's buyout is over $20 million. So the school will eat that. And you got to assume that these two universities will go out here and make a push and get a up-and-coming hot-name coach or a big-name coach. I don't think you can settle for a mediocre coach anymore, especially now with the Big Ten expanding where you got USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon coming in and you don't want to get caught up in the you know, the bottom half of that. The bottom because it, it'll just look bad. It, he guided Tom Allen. He guided the Indiana Hoosier to an 8-5 record back in 2019 and a 6-2 in the pandemic shortened season in 2020. They were 11th in the final college football playoff ranking that year. However, the program quickly fell back to earth. Between 2021-2023, Indiana had just three wins in the Big Ten, and the gulf between it and Memphis Big Ten rivals had widened during the NIL era. Again, I, I can't stress this out anymore. We, the college football and a lot of these teams who are not winning or I should say are not recruiting well. We are in an era where you can buy the players. You get the bag. You have the money. Go get some of my top talent. I know for a fact that a lot of these coaches believe that they can't go get those top talent coming to their school because of their history of not winning, um, their history of developing players. It has to be different. You have to go out there and offer big NIL money and sell the school, the program, to these young players. You might not get the top five-star recruit, but you can get some four-star recruits. You can get maybe one or two five-star. You can't get a three-star recruit. You just got to believe in yourself and what you're selling to these kids. And you got to hope that the school would back up the trucks and with the NIL deal. These kids, these young athletes, these young student athletes, you know, it's now, it's, it's more now. It's more. And you're going to have to back up the truck. You can get them. You can get them. You're just going to have to want to do it. I mean, look, we seen Clemson, who, who Dabo Sweeney, one of the top college coaches of the last decade because he won't cave into the NIL deals because he won't pay his players should I, should I say Clemson are having seasons of 8-4 and four and 7-5 and we talking about a team who won a national championship twice we talking about a historical program in Clemson football 
who has one of the top coaches in college football, who has seen how hard it is to recruit now because the NIL. These kids no longer cares about what you did four, five, six years ago. It's all about the NIL and what can you do for me now? Not later, not two years down the road, right now. And if you ain't backing up the truck, they're now coming to your school. So Indiana and Houston, I hope that their university is ready to play that game. Cause that's the only way you're gonna get some of these top recruits. Or you can continue and hire mediocre coaches, coaches, and continue being mediocre in your conference. And I also should say, when I mean by mediocre coaches, I mean you're going to have to spend to get a good coach as well. So if you're not willing to do that, continue to find those coaches in the MAC. Continue to find those coaches in the Mountain West. Or continue to find guys like me off the street who's willing to take your money and do a half-ass job. And maybe, just maybe I could look in to myself and get three wins, and maybe the talent that's on the team will somehow will get three to four wins, and we will play in one of these lower bowl games, and as a school, we will be happy with that. Instead of going out here and applying yourself to get the best student athletes, get the best coaches out here, and we can compete with the big dogs. Because if you're not trying to compete with the Michigan. The Texas, the Oklahomas, the Alabamas, the Georgia, then you're not trying to win at all. So, if there's any fan out there of Indiana and Houston, if they hear this show, just know I'm just telling the truth on that. If you want to play with the big boys, you're going to have to put your big boy pants on and compete with the big boys. You're going to have to do what they do. Texas A&M. Texas A&M fired Jimbo Fisher two, three weeks ago. They bought out his contract, and Jimbo Fisher was sitting at home somewhere in the great state of Texas with $77 million in his bank account. But it's overall over $100 million in his bank account for the robbery, the death that he has done down at College Station. I cannot blame him because you are reading that money. I'm going to do a good job. I don't know if I'm going to do a great job, but I'm going to do my best. So Texas a and been searching for a head coach. There were a few rumors out there on who they were looking at. You heard Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions, who they were interested in, and he came out and said he's not interested in going to Texas A&M. Then you got some people out here who want Texas A&M to go after Deion Sanders, and that didn't happen. So yesterday we heard of two names that they are potentially interested in. 
Mark Stoops of the University of Kentucky and Ryan Day of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, Mark Stoops, after their victory last night over the Louisville Cardinals in-state rivalry, he kind of took the job. He took the job at Texas A&M to only, and I mean to only, in the midst of the celebration, in the midst of people in the in Lexington, Kentucky, the fan base was hot and pissed off. He changed his mind. And he said, he put it out there that I love Kentucky. I'm not going anywhere, and I'm not taking the Texas A&M job. After it was reported before the game that he has taken the job. This goes to show you uh, the power of the fan base. Because if you're going to sit here and tell me that the Kentucky job is better than Texas A&M job, I don't. I would not ever, ever believe you, even though they're in the SEC. There's no way on God's green earth that the Kentucky job is way better than the Texas A&M job. Because me personally, if Texas A&M come knocking on my door and I'm the head coach of Kentucky, not only I'm answering that door, I'm taking that job. Can you imagine the unlimited resources, the unlimited pockets down there at College Station? I just, I don't know, man. You know, sometimes we get caught up in the moment. We get caught up with, you know, our the fans want you to stay and they, they want you to be the head coach forever. Listen, man. If Texas, if Texas A&M is offering you a large sum of money that would change your life and your family's lives forever, I'll take that job. But as everything, you know, everything got to have a statement to go with it. So here it goes. According to Jeff Tarpley of 24-7 Sports, reported that Texas A&M was set to hire Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops to replace the fight Jimbo Fisher as head coach. However, conflicting reports have since declared that Stoops won't be hired by the school. And according to Brent Zimmerman, and he said, and I quote, I will add this, any reports that say Mark Stoops to Texas A&M is a done deal are premature and inaccurate. Matt Jones of KY Sports Radio, breaking. I am told by a very good source that Mark Stoops is staying at Kentucky. Pete Thamel, Kentucky's Mark Stoops will not be the next Texas A&M head coach. ESPN can confirm. Mark Stoops himself, the man of the hour, took to X to refute the reports. I know there's been much speculation about me and my job situation the last couple of days. It's true, I was contacted by a potential opportunity this weekend, but after celebrating a big win against our rivals with players I love like family, 
I knew it in my heart. I couldn't. Let us put out there. He just couldn't leave. And he decided to stay at Kentucky. Look, I'm not saying Kentucky is a bad job. <laughs> and it's probably is not. All I'm saying is, is that if you look where Kentucky is and you look where Texas A&M on tiers, Texas A&M is a way better job than Kentucky. A lot of pressure comes with that job at Texas A&M. A lot of expectations come with that job at Texas A&M. Compared to Kentucky, it, you know, it's not a lot of expectations. They do have goals, but it's no pressure. None at all. So if you Texas A&M, where you go from here? Well, or rumor has it, is that Texas A&M is going to pick up the phone, place a phone call down to Columbus, Ohio, and talk to Ryan Day. Now, why they will talk to Ryan Day? Plain and simple. Ryan Day and Jose Buckeyes lost to the Michigan Wolverines. That that played a role. Now, if the if Ryan Day and the Buckeyes would have beaten Michigan, Texas A&M will probably not face or not place that phone call. But since the Buckeyes lost, and you know in Buckeye Nation, there always are rumblings about Ryan Day. Needs to be replaced because he can't beat Michigan. And I'm glad they say that. They feel confident that he'll pick up the phone and at least hear their pitch and have a meeting with them. If I'm Ryan Day, I wouldn't turn that down. Why? Because again, Texas A&M is going to offer you a contract where it's going to change your life forever along with the pressure and along with expectation, which Brian Day would not have a problem with that because it's the same type of pressure, maybe a little bit more, but the same amount, same type of pressure that he faced being head coach of Ohio State year in, year out. As this story develops, we're going to hear more about who Texas A&M want as their head coach, and hopefully they get their guy. It could be Ryan Day. It could be Dana. It could be whoever. We don't know. It could be the head coach of Washington. It could be the head coach of Oregon. It could be anybody. Hell, it might be my coach, Jim Harbaugh. But we'll find out. And speaking of Jim Harbaugh, how about them Wolverines? How about my Michigan Wolverines? How about my Michigan Wolverines actually stepping up to the plate with everything in front of them? They found the way to beat the Ohio State Buckeye 30 to 24 yesterday. Now, I am gloating because I am happy because I hate the Buckeye. But let me keep it honest, keep it real with everybody because that's what I like to do. And this is not a shot at my school because I love my school. And this is no disrespect to my school because I love my school. The Ohio State Buckeyes failed last night. They failed the NCAA and they failed the Big Ten. Why? Because they couldn't get the job done because they couldn't beat Michigan. If they would have just beat Michigan last night, 
the healing process between the NCAA, the Big Ten, will start. I can guarantee you they were pulling for Ohio State Buckeyes win yesterday. They wanted Ohio to win. But as true Michigan fashion, we pulled it out. We found a way to win the game. I mean, think about this. Ryan Day, who is 56 and 4 against everybody else in college football, but it's 1 3 against Michigan. Think about this. Ryan Day lost to the Michigan Wolverines without Jim Harbaugh, who is suspended for three games. You play against a team who lost their leader, who lost a guy who gets them fired up. They lost their lost a guy who motivates them. You they play without their head coach, who Blake Corn said to said to everybody who listened, we will run through a brick wall for our coach. He wasn't there. He was at home watching the game. And Ohio State, believe it or not, they played a good game like yesterday. They played a good game yesterday. It wasn't an A-plus game because Michigan defense, you know, they played good enough to slow them down, but they played good enough to win that game. They played good enough to win the game yesterday. And they lost. Ryan Day lost to an assistant coach yesterday. And that's no disrespect to Sharon Moore, who's one of my favorite people right now. One of my favorite coaches right now. That's not a shot at him. That's not a criticism of him. But it is a criticism of Ryan Day that you lost to an assistant coach. You lost to Jim Harbaugh, and Jim Harbaugh wasn't even in the building. He wasn't even on the sideline. He was nowhere near Michigan Stadium. And you lost. Now, we can go back and forth and say, hey, Ohio State had the wrong game plan. They, they were too conservative. I don't think so. Their their quarter starting quarterback McCord made some mistakes. Yeah, he made two bad mistakes. He threw two interceptions. Did their defense made some mistake? Yes, they did. But what we already knew coming into this game is what everybody in the country know. You can run on Ohio State, and Ohio State has one of the best defenses in the nation. You can run on them. That's been proven time and time again. And Michigan knew that. Now, it took Michigan a while to get the running game going. And we all know that Ohio State don't give up rushing touchdowns. If I remember correctly, they only gave up three the entire season. Michigan got two on them. Here's the difference between Michigan House State last night. It's a few. Number one, Michigan was motivated to win that game because they ain't had Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. They've been bothered by the sign stealing situation all season. 
They had to deal with the head coach being suspended. They had to hear the the, the rumors and the talks around that, hey, Jim Harbaugh might not be there at the end of the season. He going to jump ship, go to the NFL. They had to hear about how they're not as good as they were last year and that Ohio State is the best team in the conference. And that this team can't win without cheating. And I like to think that Michigan proved yesterday that not only they don't need to cheat to win, but they are a class above Ohio State. Now, you're going to get the Paul Feinbaum. You're going to get all the Michigan haters who going to say, well, this don't mean anything. It just means that Ohio State had a bad day. It doesn't mean anything because once Michigan get to the college playoffs, they're going to lose. And they're going to sit there and they're going to criticize the Michigan fan base. They're going to criticize Jim Harbaugh for being Jim Harbaugh. They're going to criticize their own mom and dad just because their own mom and dad is a Michigan fan. They're going to criticize everybody. If you're a Michigan fan or Michigan slappy, they, you're going to get criticized by ESPN. Except for Desmond Howard. Go blue. Basically, what I'm saying is, is that you got everybody rooting for Michigan to lose. So when you hear Jim Harbaugh came on and say, hey, Michigan's America's team, he is absolutely right. Michigan is America's team. Because we're the most hated team in college football. Fan base, other teams, other schools, other school parents, nobody can't stay in Michigan. And we wear that we're proudly. We are happy to be hated. But all seriousness, um, I have my concerns. First off, you know, this the story's not over. Michigan has to go to Indianapolis next Saturday and beat Iowa to get the opportunity to play in the college football playoffs and the opportunity to play for a national championship. So the job is not done. Jim Harbaugh will be back on the sideline. The team will be whole again. But my concern is, what is the next distraction coming towards this team? Because we all know, because they have said it, this is not the end of what's going to come out about Michigan and their elite science-stealing situation. So, what's going to happen next, we don't know. But I do know is we're going to be prepared and we're going to be ready to take on the Iowa Hawkeyes and beat them. That's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that's standing in front of Michigan right now that they should worry about is the Iowa Hawkeyes. Because regardless of your regardless of what you think, Michigan fans, they went 10 and 2. Their offense might not be good, but their defense is stout. The Cobra play is not good, but their defense is top 10. 
So we can't take this team lightly. We got to take them serious. And this has got to be the time where we, or I should say, Jim Harbaugh and the crew going to have to complain, going to have to start playing a complete game, put everything together. Because we want to be champions. You got to go out here and you're going to have to beat the team you're supposed to beat and go out here and beat teams you're not supposed to beat. I'm so proud of my Michigan Wolverines. And I'm so proud of these young men staring adversity in the face and overcoming. The job's not done yet. The job is not done yet. They have to win this Saturday. And they got to win two games in the playoffs. And I truly believe they can do it. But I also truly believe that the NCAA and the Big Ten is hoping that Iowa beat Michigan. So that Michigan won't be in the playoffs. Now, you're probably asking, now, why would the Big Ten cheer against their own school and not making the playoffs? Why? Because Michigan is hated in the Big Ten. No school in the Big Ten like Michigan. They want them to lose. They don't want them to succeed. They don't want Michigan to be cocky and beating their chest. Nobody likes Michigan. And I guess... The hope falls on Iowa to get the job done, but they won't do it. This has been a Double Drill Podcast. I'm your host, D.S. Walk, and I'll talk to you later. Peace.